What's that opportunity that we can now speak to that emotional mind connection inside of what their needs are, what their wants are, what keeps them up at night, what frustrates them? And when people really begin to realize it's not this game of platforms, oh, it's because I'm on Twitter, I should be on Facebook, maybe. Oh, it's because I'm on LinkedIn, I should be on Instagram, perhaps. If you're not getting the emotional mind connection, none of this is gonna work. You know your business can change people's lives but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Imagine the changes you will create in your business as you tap into the secrets of ethical influence and positive persuasion to not only better serve your clients, but also to supercharge your financial freedom. I'm your host, Jason Lynette, and welcome to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. I help entrepreneurs and business owners just like you to close more premium sales, And no, this isn't about tricking or manipulating people, not at all. It's about helping your prospects to appropriately sell themselves into your products or services. Please hit subscribe and get all the episodes now at jasonlinette.com. There's a funny story around a friend of mine who reached out a couple of years ago. Now, this person is a performer. He gets in front of audiences all the time. And before I get into the details of this story, I need you to understand this is not meant to be the self pat on the back and praise myself moment, but he's a performer who works with audiences of a comedy nature, but also an inspirational, motivational speaker. And as he put it, he goes, I have the ability to turn my back on the audience. If I get kind of lost in the momentum, I can do crowd work with someone in the crowd. And he goes, Jason, there's a way that I've seen you present where sometimes you pull off this one hour or even hour and a half long take and you do it all in one shot. His words, how the hell do you do that? And I responded a bit tongue in cheek, it's because I actually care. And he laughed at that, I laughed at that, but it kept me up that night (laughs) because it turned out there was a real passion inside of that and a story behind that as well. So do you ever find that moment where it feels as if you're not quite connecting with your audience? Do you ever have that experience where it seems as if you're just kind of going through the motions of what you do, and maybe there's no surprise that then the person doesn't sign up for your product or your service or whatever it is. Well, this week's episode of Hypnotic Language Hacks is all about how to put passion before sales, how to connect with your internal story, where to shine that metaphorical spotlight of your own internal story and your own thought process to better serve that audience, So as we like to say, people will want more from you even before you make the offer. Now, we're live streaming this uh, dialogue here into our public Facebook community, the Business Influence and Persuasion Community for Coaches and Consultants. You can watch it there. This will release sometime later on in August. Those of you interacting with it now, welcome. I'd always point to, again, the show notes when this launches will be available at jasonlinette.com. This is episode number 42. So simply go to jasonlinette.com forward slash 42. That's where you can find the show notes and even watch the presentation. Get genuine passion before sales. Let's jump in. Before we get started today, if you want to easily grab people's attention, naturally build authority, and organically have your prospects wanting more from you, even before you've made an offer, I've created a step-by-step program to help you to do just that. It's called Business Influence Systems. And this is your opportunity now 
to visit jasonlinette.com to get a free behind the scenes tour of the exact hypnotic persuasion strategies that you can ethically use to better start up or scale up your business. If you want a proven framework to boost your confidence, attract premium clients, and inspire more people to take action with you, get business influence systems now at jasonlinette.com. Let's start with a classic premise that any business consultant, any business book, anyone who talks to you about the shape of what you do, I would say has the foot in the door, at least in the direction, in terms of where you ought to be going. And I think that last sentence combined three metaphors, but let's just keep going here. (laughs) It would be that the common advice is to, first of all, before you ever start marketing, before you ever start promoting, to start with that custom client avatar of that person who you know is going to be a fit for what it is that you have to offer. Inside of our community business influence systems, we had a funny moment, which kind of set this up on purpose, where someone was workshopping the idea of a lead magnet. They were workshopping the idea of a specific opt-in offer to put out to her audience, people who are basically event planners. And she had these two great ideas. And admittedly, I kind of set her up for a moment where I said, those are two great ideas. We have a great, you know, audience of people right now. Let's poll the group to see which one they think is the best. I would say specific details need not matter here, but the majority of the room liked the first idea the best. The minority of the group, maybe 25%, liked the second idea the best. There was an important follow-up question we had to ask, though. Of everybody here, how many of you would actually be her client? Therefore, this idea of your opinion respectfully really doesn't matter because what she needs to do instead is test this off of her dream audience, test this off of her ideal clientele and see what their response would be. So I bring this up because this idea of crafting this custom client avatar is at least a step in the right direction. You know, the places where we can sometimes get laser focused around uh, military families who want to renovate their home and are budget conscious. And we can sort of get into some of these categorical archetype style descriptions. I would encourage you to go even further though. What are their motivations? What are their stories? What are those things that have been holding them back? And as soon as we start to label those things, now we've got an emotional through mind connection. Now we've got that through line in terms of what's driving their decisions. Why are they frustrated? Why are they stuck? Do you notice how I did this with something that may seem as simple as painting? Which if we start to stretch ourselves in these categories to see how can we get even deeper into the emotions? One of the biggest principles that ought to be understood is that people make decisions emotionally. And then we like to think we're logical, rational creatures. We make decisions emotionally, but then we come up with the logic and the ration to reinforce our emotional mind decisions. And for the most part, this works rather well for us. And we may come around to good ideas in terms of how we do this. Uh, I am not a car person by any way, shape or means. Um, but I love a good tax deduction. And when I found out if I bought the Prius that also plugs in, there was a giant tax deduction, which made it cheaper 
than buying the used Prius, which was originally my plan. And now to find out, oh, if we install a home charger and not just use the regular power jack on the wall, there's a big tax credit, which almost pays for the entire project. Hey, while that tax credit's there, let's put one in. So to look at some of these stories, we can see the reasons why we do this. At the end of the day, yes, I'm doing that because the tax deduction story, at least that's the story I'm telling myself, but I have to identify inside of it emotionally. I just wanted it. Let's call it out. The same is going to be true if you're shopping between different televisions at like a Best Buy, different components for your computer, or even which pots to buy for your kitchen. There's going to be that emotional mind connection, and that's why you made that decision. And you're going to come up with the logic and the ration to reinforce and ratify those emotional decisions, not to say they're not sound. So I talk about this here on an episode all about genuine passion before sales. Because if you can go even deeper into the story as to what that custom client avatar is facing, what problems they're currently dealing with, now you know where to direct your stories. You know what frameworks and what thematic scores to bring into the presentation as to how you present even a free piece of content. This is what creates that genuine situation or you know the phrase that comes out of every major political campaign. Oh, I feel like I'd have a, I could have a beer with that person. I feel like they know me. As we speak to that emotional mind connection, and we understand that ourselves, and I'll call it out, you don't have to have had that exact same story. It might help. It might inform what stories and what sort of frameworks you bring inside of what you do. But to understand that person so that they feel seen, so that they feel heard. That's where so much of this now really begins to write itself. So I bring this up on a conversation here all about passion before sales. So back to the story that I told before we officially jumped in here, the friend going, how is it you're doing this long take without stopping and restarting? And I go, because it's not about me. It's about that one person I know who's out in that audience, who's terrified of broadcasting a message, who is shivering down to their core about the idea of going out live and broadcasting a message, who maybe has recorded, oh, this one might hit home for a few people, maybe has recorded a half dozen or so podcast episodes of a program that they might not ever launch. Inside of you is a passion, a skill, a product, a service, that I want you to now install this mindset. And this mindset is only possible if you've addressed what I've already brought up here in terms of connecting with the emotions that are driving that individual. Not for the sake of it's easier to sell to them if we know their story and their pain points, no. Though that is a part of it. It's instead, it installs this belief system within you that how dare you not make it easy for that person to find you. How dare you not make it easy for that person to realize that you as a product or a service exist and you can help them solve their issues. And yes, I would argue this applies, even if it is the version of the pots and pans that are 20 bucks more for the box and uh, the eggs don't stick to them. <laughs> There's a deeper story inside of that around how I've got more time for my kids. 
oh, it's easier because these ones are perfectly nonstick with the newest technologies and I can put them into my dishwasher and go on with my day and sit down with my kids and have a moment. When you can understand their story and you're out now, you're speaking not to a camera lens, not to a bunch of devices and a microphone in front of you hooked up to a bunch of wires. It's now to that emotional mind connection in which that person is now facing that issue and from that ethical responsibility, it is your duty, it is your responsibility, it is your need, it is your calling to make it easy for that person to see. This is where this might require a little bit of personal work on yourself. The line that comes out of professional magic came from a magician, I believe in the mid to late 1800s by the name of Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin. That's the only name in French I can pronounce, by the way. <laughs> Houdin did something revolutionary inside of his performances. And when I tell you what Houdin did, that's a fun thing to say, when I tell you what Houdin did back in the 1800s, this is not gonna sound revolutionary. But to some respect, what he did changed the entire world of performance. As a magician, he walked out on stage dressed in a tuxedo, wearing a top hat, and carrying a cane. Whoa. Okay, let's explain this. Up until that point, the magicians back then almost believed, and this is not something you could get away with anymore, mind you, uh, they would almost believe that they had to appear to be this mystical character. And what I mean by that, it was a lot of Jewish men putting on makeup so they would look Asian, and wearing long flowing robes and really behind characters like Chung Ling Su was a nice Jewish boy uh, doing magic tricks. Here came Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin, I could show off the pronunciation, who walked out on stage dressed like the audience. The modern version of this is go find videos of David Blaine, who is doing magic tricks wearing jeans and a t-shirt. He's dressed like the audience. Inside of the story is that I'm like you, but I can do these really cool things and sharing an experience with the audience. I give you the background of Houdan, who, by the way, a young boy, let's keep it up, it's part of my heritage too, uh, a young Jewish boy by the name of Eric Weiss emulated Houdan and go, I wanna be like him. And Eric Weiss changed his name to Harry Houdini. Yay, trivia, you're gonna need for later on. <laughs> and Houdan would say that a magician is an actor playing the role of a magician. Because think about this. If the magician's there, and I probably won't reveal anything too secret here, if the magician is there and uh, the way the trick works is that it looks like his hand is empty, but the posture of his hand, the coin is hidden behind some part of his hand. We'll leave it at that for now. Otherwise, I'm gonna anger a lot of magicians. <laughs> Here's this moment where the audience can see what appears to be an empty hand. And if the magician is in his head, thinking I need to move back my index finger and middle finger to then grip the coin and then bring it out so it's flat on a level plane to most of the audience and then use my thumb to flick it into a flat posture so it suddenly appears as if the coin is there. If that's the internal dialogue of the magician, they may be conveying to the audience that it's nothing more than a physical stunt and that's what it is, it's sleight of hand. He's someone who has practiced this. This is where I forget whose line this is. This is why magicians and jugglers may not always get along. You immediately know if a juggler is good or not. 
And there's a lot of magic tricks that work because of the apparatus and the prop is mechanical and does it for them. You can't tell sometimes from the audience, but you know within seconds if the juggler knows what they're doing. Uh, if they keep falling, eh, maybe buy one of those magic props. I bring this up because Houdon would talk about this in his writing because if the magician instead truly believes, steps into the belief system, that there's a pocket in the air, perhaps, and inside of that pocket of air, a coin is hidden. Therefore, as the performer, he could reach up and pluck from that hole and make the coin appear. If that's his belief system, the audience will believe it even faster. And instead, the opposite I've already explained here, if the magician instead is thinking about, I need to move my hands this way to make the sleight of hand work, it's going to feel a bit more like a juggling stunt. And they may say, that was impressive. I don't know how you did that. Versus stepping into a belief system, suspension of disbelief, as if it were magic. This is a business podcast. What the hell are we doing talking about Houdan? I'll tell you. It's because, again, it's where you put your mindset. It's where you put your thought process. If the story is, I'm making this transition, I'm using this framework that I got from Jason because it will help people sell more. You might not have the intention. You might not have the results behind what you do. Instead, if you're putting that focus of the story, take it out of yourself. Put it all on that other individual. And this may take a little bit of personal work. As I'm sitting here right now, staring down the barrel of a camera lens, standing, sitting here in front of a microphone, this is that opportunity where now it's not about me and my tech. It's about you. That person who has a product or a service and perhaps lead acquisition isn't the problem. Visibility in your marketplace isn't the issue. It's that people like you, but they're not yet taking action with you. You're having that conversation and in your head, you know that moment where you're on that call with them and it seems like they're so ready to move forward and they're so positive. And then here come the crickets. Here comes that cone of silence. Here comes, as they say in the dating world nowadays, the fadeaway. If that's the issue that you're having, that's what I'm looking at right now. That's the emotion that I'm speaking from because I've been there too. I've been to those networking events where, wow, this is amazing. You must be helping a lot of people. I know so many people who would benefit from what you do. And I never hear from those people again. It would just be silence. And it wasn't because of them. In the early days, I made the mistake of blaming those people. Oh, they weren't serious. And just blaming the room, as it were. And instead realizing I was speaking to nuts and bolts. I was speaking to number of sessions. Here's the pricing setup. Here's the payment plan options. Uh, everything I needed to learn about sales happened at an event, which I will make this as general as possible because I think the person the story is about might be listening. We were about to give presentations. We were teaching a class together. And what happened was uh, we both had extra offers. We had ways to, as you'll learn inside of business influence systems, we never upsell, we upgrade. It's a different dialogue. If you think of it as an upgrade, so much of the process now really begins to write itself. And the basic nuts and bolts of the offer, we had online digital courses that would supplement the live event we had done together. I will admit I made the mistake of letting the other guy go first because for the next 10 minutes, he talked to the audience about the encryption of the videos. 
the mix of the sound, the number of cameras that were used to film the content, and no one cared. You learn so much from watching the audience of a speaker. They were looking at their watches. They were checking their email on their phones. They were tuned out, to which I was off in the corner. I just had the moment of having to go. Uh, <laughs> I will admit the internal dialogue. If he keeps killing the room, it's going to kill the effectiveness of what I'm about to do as well. You could probably guess the thing that I found a polite way to yell out. Tell them what problem the program solves. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah. When you find yourself in this situation and you don't know what to do, I've created a system that teaches people how to do that. And then he had a line. <laughs> One question solved his sales process to which I realized I had to break the patterns of what I would normally do. Uh, I did a much shorter presentation to go. A phrase you may found, sound familiar now. Uh, you know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to actually take action. Some of the things I've already said. I bring this up because what's that passion behind what you do? What's that passion that's going to invigorate that other person to move forward with you? What's that opportunity that we can now speak to that emotional mind connection inside of what their needs are, what their wants are, what keeps them up at night, what frustrates them? And when people really begin to realize it's not this game of platforms, oh, it's because I'm on Twitter, I should be on Facebook, maybe. Oh, it's because I'm on LinkedIn, I should be on Instagram, perhaps. If you're not getting the emotional mind connection, none of this is going to work. And you might make some sales, but you're not going to create the impact that you know is possible inside of what you do. For every one person who's already done business with you, there are hundreds more that you are not serving. And I'm adopting this tone right now, stepping to that role of the actor, playing the role of a podcast host. <laughs> Thank you, Hudan. To go to that place of how dare you not make it easy for those people to find you. So when you put that passion beneath it. When you show up and people can tell you genuinely care because you do. That's where so much of this really begins to take off. Now I can sit here and say these things and uh, bring in the appropriate emotional tones. And it's not an act that I put on. It's something that really comes from a place of this is the story that I tell myself which is how one podcast has been going for about seven years. This one's been uh, pretty much coming up on a one-year anniversary and all sorts of content online. How do you put out all this content? It's because I know this information is what people need to hear to take action. It's where so often we have that person who is stuck inside of that um, career. I have to tell you all, the music I listen to at the gym is like the not not the right music you should listen to while you're lifting weights. <laughs> Somehow, Dolly Parton, nine to five, has crept its way into my gym workout mix. I'm using Amazon Music and it just makes recommendations. I'm like, yeah, nine to five. You're doing all this work for someone else. There's people out there, many of you may be in this category. You're doing this all this work for someone else. And no, I did not prep the lyrics to nine to five because I don't need Dolly chasing me down. Uh, Dollywood's an amazing park though incredible performer, but to have that opportunity where now what happens when you do it for yourself and you can have that one connection, one-to-one -one connection with people that you are serving, you are benefiting, you are helping them to improve something that's been stuck inside of their lives. Do you see how it's different now? Do you see how showing up to that networking event when live events eventually come back, do you see how it's now different to hit that button and go live 
on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever platforms you use? Do you see how it's gonna be a different dialogue when there's that dreaded white screen, the blank screen of death of Microsoft Word, and you've decided I'm gonna write a podcast? This is why I've said this for years, and this is not to knock one social media platform. Why are so many businesses on Facebook? The answer is because they think they're supposed to be. And unfortunately, that's the end of their strategy. Versus this is a place where I can listen to my audience. This is a place where I can pop in and share value. This is a place where I can establish credibility and tell my story and highlight the stories of others so that they get the insight, the understanding that I don't even have to say this stuff works because you see it from all the other stories and all the other examples that are out there. Show is always better than tell. And it's where once I've done that, once I've earned the right, once I've made my audience care because I care about them first, now they're willing to listen. Now they're already leaning in when here comes an offer, an invite, which is where as we do this now is you put that passion first. So I can sit here and again and give you these big themes. Let's get into specifics here. Grab a pen, grab a paper, open up a notepad thing on your phone, take some time and actually do the homework of this. Don't just think about it as I'm saying it here right now. Ask yourself, what are the stories? What are the pain points? There's a lesson I learned from listening to Pat Flynn of the Smart Passive Income and part of why he was the first guest on this program when we launched it a while ago. That, and he might not do this as often now given the scale of what he's pulled off, but that moment to reach out to someone who had bought an online program and just operation, incredible customer support, suddenly the guy you've been listening to the podcast from, who you bought the program from, is suddenly calling you going, hey, have you had a chance to watch it yet? Or even better, hey, what was the thought process to join us? No matter how clever you think I am, no matter how clever you think you are, remember the idea that there's two ears and one mouth and sometimes this all should be proportionate to listen to your audience. This is what's going to inform you even better. It's then once you have that, now we've got the passion. Here come now the frameworks if you're gonna do a video, the frameworks if you're gonna fold hypnotic language patterns into a blog post, the frameworks in terms of designing funnels in such ways so there's a logical construct and people organically want more from you. Start with that passion first. Listen to your audience and speak to that. And I'll go against the grain of some people in the marketing world. Put yourself inside of what you do. People do business with people. And by reviewing your stories and looking at what parts of the story are actually appropriate, and here's the metaphor. Let's use a metaphor to teach metaphors. Let's shoot the arrow through my story. But even though I'm telling you my story, I am speaking to the issue that I know you're facing. That's where we use our own stories. That's where we bring in this natural, organic vulnerability inside of what we do. That's where we create that connection to others. That's what now bonds people to you and completely crushes the idea of being inside of a commodity. So you see that influence for business is not just the right words at the right time. It's the right emotions at the right time. It's being genuine. It's learning how to turn that on, on demand. If these are things you need some help with, I'd love to have a chat directly with you. We're not gonna pass you off to someone else. If you go to the website, explore, influence, 
exploreinfluence.com. That's just a redirect, but exploreinfluence.com will give you 24-7 access to my personal calendar. Go inside, pick a time, answer a few questions so I can better prepare for our call, and we can talk about how to do this inside of your business. I'd love to chat with you, love for you to go further and connect and bring your passion to so many others out there. You have been listening to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast with Jason Lynette. Please stop everything and start exploring jasonlinette.com for even more business influence and persuasion resources. Make it a priority right now to subscribe to this program and listen to every episode because the next one may reveal that one hypnotic influence secret to massively scale your success. Change your words, change your business, change your life. Get even more at jasonlinette.com.